The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's show is Craig Constantinovich and Tony Payne. We are all certified financial planners. Good evening. Good, Good afternoon. Yeah. How's, how are things? Well, I mean, we went from spring to summer just like that, Good. so it's yeah. uh, you know a nice little transition there, and now we are uh, officially four weeks out from the big due date. So there you go, Papa Papa Craig. Papa Craig, <laughs> not right. to be confused with 007, but Papa Craig all right, the same. Right, right. We're going to be talking about 007, the other Craig. Tony, how are you these days? I am well. Life is good. As you know, it's another great day for financial planning. Sure is. I really love it. I love what we do. It's fun. It's ever-changing. We've got some fun stuff to talk about today. So, you know, as I'm getting ready here today, it was so fun going through, looking at all the the different angles people have sometimes. And there are no two... Uh, identical financial plans. No, no. Right. They're all, Not everyone's one. got a different financial plan, different cir- different circumstances. And that's, that's the, that's the beauty of it. It's not a cookie cutter approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, you cover the same topics, but the, the outcome and the analysis is all different and what needs to be done and how you approach it. So, and one, one of the topics we always talk about is part of managing to be wealthy and I know uh, Tyler uh, talked about it last week, the, putting the managing in managing to be wealthy. But, great show, great right? show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we one of the things we talk about is financial independence. Yep. So I'm going to ask the two of you, and I'll give you my opinion as well. But what when I say financial indep- financial independence, what does that mean to you, Craig? Yeah. So financial independence to me means that I can choose when I want to leverage myself. I have the means to be able to do what I want, when I want, but if I want to use debt as my friend, as my ally, as opposed to being required to do so, that's what financial independence means to me. Okay. Tony, what does that mean to you? Financial independence means I'm choosing what I do in the morning. There you go. (laughs) Short, sweet, to the point. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I mean, that's good. Choice might be work. Yeah, the choice. Yeah. Yeah. Choice might. That's a beautiful thing, right? When you choose choose to work, not have to work. Uh, I've I've seen situations, and that's I was going to say options, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Find, yeah. It gives you options, and I've seen situations where people are afraid to bring up the word retirement to yep. their employer because what what are the consequences? Are they going to fire me? And then all of a sudden it's too late. But as soon as the the tides have turned right and you have have the, the hammer right when it's in you 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 feel good you're confident and i've had situations where i we we strategized and said go to the employer and ask for a reduced work week and mm-hmm. sure enough working three days a week versus five days a week yeah tuesday wednesday thursday or, or monday through friday whatever it is yeah but they they were had the confidence in knowing they had the freedom mm-hmm. to request it and it came out in their favor i've, yeah. I've seen people retire Take off for three months, go back to the same employer and work, but said, "Here are the here are my terms." Right, and it, and it, sure enough, no problem. It, they acquiesced and said, "Sure, we can we can acknowledge that." 
Right. And on the other side of that, too, I mean, it's almost the opposite end. But let's say you're the employer in that scenario and you just keep working because you're thinking about your employees, your customers, your business. You've got to take care of it all. Maybe there's not a clear succession plan. So you don't have a retirement plan in place because you feel obligated to take care of that thing. So that's the other end of this, too. It may not be about the money. It may just be, hey, I don't feel good walking away here. Mm-hmm. which is obviously a great thing to be able to say you have an option. Yeah. And that and that's what managing to be wealthy is about is creating that scenario of of financial independence, uh giving yourself options. Um so again, that's what we hope to to strive and educate and teach about uh with this program and just the everything we talk about with financial planning. Uh Craig, you mentioned 007 Craig. Yeah. Uh Daniel Craig that is 007. <laughs> yep. Uh have you watched the 007 movies? I mean, I, I've seen them. I'm not, I'm not, you know, necessarily sitting there opening night saying to myself, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to see it. But, I mean, if I'm flipping through any of the streaming channels and it's there and I can't think of anything else, I'll, I'll pop it on. It's okay. entertaining. All right. Tony, who's your favorite 007? It's got to be Sean Connery. Got to be. It's got to yeah. be. I yeah. mean, it is. It That's is. 007. Yeah, he, yep. he is. He's the benchmark. Uh, but Daniel Craig has done a great job. Oh yeah, to the point where I never watched him, and then I watched uh, one of his Quantum earlier Solace ones or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, and I was like, impressed. Very, yeah. very good actor. And Mr. Daniel Craig, uh, there was an article this week on NME.com by Nick Riley, where Daniel Craig said he will not leave his fortune to his children. He says inheritance is distasteful. I, that's what I saw there. Inheritance is distasteful. I, I really honed in on that because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, there's so many people that want to leave behind a legacy for their family, whether that's keeping a business going, whether that's having the family name out there, whether that's leaving behind large sums of money. I mean, it, the list goes on and on, but to have it be distasteful, I was like, hmm, I wonder what his rationale or what his reasoning is. And so as he goes on to further explain, he said, life's all about giving, seeing people enjoy what you've earned, seeing people embrace what they may be able to receive. And so he went so far as to say, or uh, not necessarily parallel himself to, but quoted, uh, Andrew Carnegie gave away his money to the tune of what came to be almost $11 billion today. Sure, he kept some of it along the way too, but... That's what he gifted or that's what he gave away, whether it was to family, to charities, whatever. And so as you started to see his his mindset with that, now you understood a little bit more why it was distasteful to leave behind that kind of inheritance. Right. And he used the the uh, old adage, if you die a rich person, you have failed. Uh, and to your point, Craig, I've heard people say, I'd rather give with a warm hand than a cold hand. Yep. Right. Tony, what are your thoughts on this uh, See, concept? It's funny. Craig and I were looking at the same paragraph, I think. I latched onto the sentence before it, where he says, I don't want to leave great sums to the next generation, which in my mind, I can't help but I wonder, what is a great sum? Yeah, is that two it. flats in London? Is that three <laughs> flats in London? Yeah. How, how much college is provided there? I mean, that's all subjective, right? The idea of do you leave a child, I'll say destitute, if you were that person, and then you're such a great name and they're living in the regular world. Again, you get to pick and choose what's independence here and how you set that person up. So it's really interesting. I, I'm curious here, what does it mean, great sums? Yes, there, there's there's definition, but but again, if you're if you're charitably inclined or want to have an impact, um, you know his his vision is 
do it while you're alive mm-hmm. and see the reward. And you see that with a lot of people uh, who provide grants and so forth, where whether it's a school or a building or a library where people can be educated and learn. I think that's very uh, enriching. Um, and I think that more people need to consider that. And I, again, it's up to every individual to decide it. Uh, Warren Buffett's another example. Yep. He, he's earmarked billions probably right towards charity. And uh, that's one of his goals in life. Yeah. And what Mark Zuckerberg's got a, a large portion of his estate. And I think Bill Gates does as well that they're planning on leaving behind to charity, but it's, it's another one of those things too, where, you know, again, to have a good financial plan and to feel confident with that, you got to be careful on when you decide to gift because if you gift and you may over gift it's going to be a lot harder to try to earn that money back rather than to spread out the gifts that we intend on making and do that over a period of time so before we start thinking about gifting or you know spending lots or large sums towards charities make sure that your own personal plans are on track and they can take i don't know maybe a 10, 20, 30% correction in the market, and you can still be okay. And there are and there are charitable tools, uh, trusts, charitable trusts that you can do where you accomplish both. Mm-hmm. That you're going to get an in source of income and to provide to the charity both at the same time. And that's obviously, we've discussed that on this show a few times. So again, just something I, I thought was very interesting to discuss today. Well, we're coming up here on a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the investment markets here we go. It's showtime. It's been a fun week. <laughs> you're li- <laughs> you're listening. Real. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTV. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Today's show, we're going to talk a little bit now in this segment about the current investing market. Uh, It's been turbulent. Uh, nothing surprising if you know mm-hmm. what goes up must come down. So what we're going to talk about uh, coming up here, I'm going to go to something first, but it's 10 investing rules uh, to how to deal with a rough market. But something this week, current events, was Coinbase. There's been some interesting uh, news coming out of Coinbase that I think people who have coin are in the crypto world, right? We're not going to say crypto good, crypto bad. That's not for us to say. But something to be aware of is if you have a Coinbase account, people realize that your deposits may be at risk of creditors. And Tony, any feedback or clarity on that? It's our four favorite, not the favorite, but four letters out there that we see on a lot of banking institutions that FDIC, SIPC, these are types of insurances that depending upon the type of account and how it's titled, there's all kinds of qualifiers, but it basically provides some insurance for your deposit. So, you know, if that little bank in the middle of nowhere goes under, the family still gets to have their life savings. And this is this is not new. And it was due to going back in history. Right. That, that was a result of the Great Depression. The Great yeah. Depression. That is exactly banks, a result. Banks the, ran out of money. Exactly. Right? You deposited doesn't mean you got it back. 
Right. And that was that's what we learned from run. They call it a run on a bank. Right. We're right. almost 100 years later. We're yeah. almost 100 years after that. Some of that's left the national consciousness. But the idea that and this is part of it, I, I think, was maybe there was a little greed there. And it's Coinbase and some of these other places, too, in the altcoins and stable coins. But mm-hmm. when you could look at something and say, am I going to earn 20 percent interest? Did that feel real? I mean, was it really just a great idea or was it something that was maybe promising something that couldn't be true? Right. And now we're seeing where some of this that was supposed to be pegged to the dollar is maybe worth 30 cents. I mean, that's something that was supposed to be stable. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is real here. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it was a risk that was out there. It was a risk. Like you said, a lot of people probably just glossed over. Oh, it won't happen to me. It's not going to come along. But again, there's a reason why looking at some of those stable coins and again probably the biggest conversation that goes on with these cryptocurrencies is how exactly are we going to treat them is it a currency or is it an investment and right now we're seeing without any of those other protection layers yeah it's realistically probably closer to an investment but maybe not one that we should be putting all of our chips into so to speak yeah and and what i see coming of it is people are going to get burned Whatever, whatever's going to happen here, it's because it's such an, uh, it's in its infancy. This, mm-hmm. this, this cryptocurrency. The wild west, right? It is I the mean, wild there west. There will be multiple billionaires maybe made, but there will be a lot of losses too, right? And, for... th- and then you're going to see government regulation. Our yep. good and, friends in government are already talking about it. And, <laughs> and that's and that's been my been my questioning of this whole. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying we don't know what it's going to become yet because the government hasn't gotten involved yet. And yeah. people are like, well, that's, it's not going to, they're not going to get involved. Oh, right. if you like, were listening to Janet Yellen and Senator Toomey this week, they <laughs> oh, right? yes. talking about yeah. it. They're already they, getting it's, involved. It, they're going to get involved because people are going to get burned and they're going to, the government's going to look out for, okay, what's wrong with this environment? And they're not going to let it be the Wild West, just like they did with stocks, right? During the Great, what caused the Great Depression is there, were, there was the pump and dump. Mm-hmm. Right. People got burned because there was the smart people that said, hey, if we promote this one stock and we buy it first, then promote it and then dump it. And then all of a sudden the price falls out. It doesn't matter. I have made my money. Yep. And then the small little guy gets caught holding the bag. And it's just like the the uh, trending stocks like we saw with AMC, GameStop, sure, everything same, else. Same concept. Yep. Well, exactly. Uh, what you're referencing, too, is just going back to government too in some ways i mean all the rules in the investment world almost came in the investment advisor act of 1941 they haven't really been updated since then (laughs) but it was way back when that they decided here's probably some restraints we should put on this and they haven't done that yet maybe they shouldn't maybe there should be winners and losers but if we're going to accept that we need to know there's going to be losers and that's just got to be aware to people that it's not a guaranteed thing that's exactly and hopefully people are aware of it so but again, in the in the crypto world, that's that's the current events of where we're at, um, and we're not even getting into international affairs. What's the country who? Um, yeah. who El Salvador. Put, El Salvador yeah. could yes. be in a bit of a yes. trouble. I think they hedged their uh, bond debt <laughs> to yep. investing in crypto, and now mm. they doubled down and could be uh, lost there as well. So we'll see how that shakes out.
All right, we're going to move on to the investing world. Uh, we, I, you know, good article on MarketWatch.com. I'm sorry, Stephen. Yes, I can't ahead. help it. You're I'm laughing. In. Yeah, the wizards of international finance <laughs> in El Salvador. <laughs> you mean they didn't come up with the best new thing? Yeah. Th this kind of country that we always hear of, kind of at the pink sheets of international yeah. debt. Yeah. I mean, that's what they did. Yes. And people were bragging, yeah. putting great things out there. Again, this is, let's look at some history. History is not always repetitive, but I couldn't let that one. No, you're 100%. So you're, I'm here. glad you chimed in because you're 100% correct, right? They gambled with it thinking this could be their... their uh, A very impoverished country where right. money really yes. matters, where they're getting right. aid oh, from yeah. all over, and then they're going to gamble on this thing as opposed to pegging it to the boring dollar. Yep. They're going to get a lot of energy, a lot of attention, but at the end of the day, what they had in reserves went down almost 50%. Yeah, I mean, that's just bonkers for a country. Yeah. yeah, yeah they, they, they looked at a way... It, it was gambling. Right. They I said, think. hey, here's our, our way out to the to the golden road. Right. This is their their path. And it's not coming to fruition. And they're going to unfortunately. Have some, right. It's I mean, unfortunate. I don't right. Make fun of but, it. But I mean, it's, it's risk reward. This isn't everything we've just talked about. It's risk reward. And, right. and they, they could be burned by it. And, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. Yep. Here we go again. So. All right. So uh, we saw I saw a great article. Ten investing rules. Tailor made for rough markets. It, it's a market marketwatch.com. Jonathan Burton put together some really good points on how to how to navigate your way through a rough market because I guess we're considered in a rough market right now, right? Bonds time, and stocks, right? Yep. Yeah. First time we've seen this kind of volatility in several several years, at least the last decade. So it's, it's uh, turbulent to say the least. Mm -hmm. One of the first rules here, too, when we talk about it, I mean, just to lead in, the idea is markets tend to trend to the mean over time. Well, think about inflation. I mean, that's been the topic of the day before some of this volatility. We went almost a decade, 15 years with sub 3% inflation, barely any some years, and what we expected. I mean, I know for some of our lunch conversations, we talk about it, when's it coming, when's it coming? Mm -hmm. And that backlog is all coming due, it seems, in one or two years now. Yeah. Now, I think it reverts back to the mean. It's not like this may be a new normal, but the idea is when these things happen, they feel dramatic. And that's exactly it, right? You can know it's coming. You can say it's coming, but when it occurs it hurts yep right even though you're, you're prepared for it but here we are it's a regression towards the mean and that's where we're at yeah and i mean at this point too again they they tend to return to the mean over time but with where we're at right now who knows if this is the bottom you know if, if anyone tells you hey this is absolutely going to be the bottom that we're going to see in this correction they've got to be pulling your chain yanking your leg because for them to have that foresight i i I would love to see what, you know, genie in a bottle they're rubbing at that point because we may see three or four more big dips, you know, and that's, you know, I think back to March of 2020, how many days or how many weeks was it when all of a sudden things kept going back? Oh, we're at the bottom, time to get back in. Nope, further regression, further regression. So if we know that we may not necessarily be able to find the bottom, don't react, don't try to throw large sums of money in trying to time but be consistent, be uh, direct with how you're trying to get into the market and average in over time. Yeah, and that's, again, it's a slingshot effect. And if we saw a hyper a hyper increase, which we saw a rapid increase in the markets, we're going to see a rapid decline, and we're starting to see that right now. And we just manage your way through it. But we're coming up on a break here. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation about this turbulent investing market. You've been listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVA. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Joining me on today's show is Craig Constantinovich and Tony Payne. We are all certified financial planners. Uh, first segment, well, last segment, we're talking about navigating through a turbulent market. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about Managing to be Wealthy and John E. Sestina and Company, you can look us up on the web at managingtobewealthy.com, schedule a free consultation. We'll go through your situation and see if there's anything we can do to help. Uh, one of the things I think I saw this week on CNBC reported that 56% of Americans can't cover a $1,000 emergency expense with their savings. It's, to, to all the listeners out there, cash reserve is the number one priority for your financial plan. Right. Get that cash reserve in place. And it's it's just astonishing at this point that I I can at least recall vividly three different years where we've been talking about this, and the number doesn't seem to change yep. one way or the other. That's a good point. No, so, I, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I will say this is the positive. This is the highest it's been in eight years. Well, that's inflation. I mean, <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm just saying as a percentage. But right. you're, oh, okay. I mean, you're, you're, the percentage of people who could cover it, at yeah. least it's the highest it's been, and there's yeah. still 56% of people that can't. I mean, to your point, Craig, though, it's – still not yeah long way to go yeah, yeah. i mean i'm trying it, to look at the bright side <laughs> well good for you then tony because i still look at this and i think to myself a thousand dollars i i get it there's a lot of different uh backgrounds a lot of people that have different financial situations i understand that and i'm not saying this all needs to be done at once but the only way that you are going to reach financial independence which is what today's show is all about here is by setting yourself up for success and the best way to do that is to start off by having something set aside to where if you have that worst case scenario job loss a significant expense whatever you've got to be able to go into cash and find a way to pay yourself back after the fact but you can't rely on debt to do that because right. that's the last thing you need is more of an expense if you're already facing a hardship and cash reserve is not your down payment for your house or your right. car it is a true emergency expense so Again, defining what a cash reserve is is important. It's clearly there sitting on the side not to fund any of your goals, and that needs to sit there and maybe grow. It needs to be significantly more than $1,000 for most people, but to see that 56% of Americans don't even have $1,000 covered is a major concern. And it goes to your point too, Stephen, a lot of the cost of ownership of things. I mean, we think about how expensive vehicles are and the toys that are out there that people have. I mean, one of those parts breaks. A set of tires. A set of tires. Exactly. Yeah. Or you're yeah. a homeowner and something goes out in the laundry room. I mean, any of that's going to cost you that thousand bucks plus. And when we think about the real cost of ownership here, if you're going to own things and really be able to maintain them and keep them up, not just buy it and make the payment, but be able to really keep up with it, you've got to have that cash reserve in place. Yep. yep. Very, yeah. Very important. And I think, again, final piece on this, but I think probably the biggest reason why people neglect to have this amount saved is they don't know where they're spending. They just know that they're spending. So they don't look at their credit card statements to say, oh, gosh, I spent, you know, $500 this month on groceries and 2000 on going out to eat. Well, maybe if I flip that and I go to the grocery store more often, maybe I can cut back on my expenses. It's little things like that. We're not saying, hey, just, you know, hunker down underneath a rock and live out the rest of your days, but... Be mindful of where your money is going and why it's going there. Yep. 
as they talked last week, putting yep. the managing and managing to be wealthy. Bingo. All right. Going back to the 10 investing rules tailor-made for tough markets, uh, article from marketwatch.com by Jonathan Burton. Very good list. I uh, went through a couple of them. You know, the next one, we, we there are no new eras. Excesses are never permanent. Mm-hmm. Tony, a new era of investing. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. I love history. I'm sorry. I hate this market cycle for people who can't stomach it, but let's go back in time a little bit. I mean, I think a lot of people remember 2000, 2001. That was called the tech bubble. There was a tech bubble way before that. It was in 1878. It was the railroads. I mean, if you've watched some of the historical programs, you kind of follow things. Everybody was trying to set up the new rail line to New York or the new one to California. There were promises of all kinds of riches. There was a lot of fraud involved, too, and speculation, a lack of transparency. All these things happened, and some driven by greed, and you had that bubble burst. And there were a few winners, and there were a lot of losers. Yep. So when we go through these eras, that was one, I, Stephen, I couldn't help but well, jump at. Right, but the internet is another one. It's yeah. all about mm-hmm. com- expanding commerce, right? And the telegraph is another one. When television. The telegraph or television. Yep. So it's all about the expansion of commerce, and that's where we're at right now. Is that second? It's the second level of the internet, right? We had that infancy one, 2000, and now we're in 2020. Is We're, we're, we're at the end of that other cycle. Uh, with the Amazon effect, the fangs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, Amazon, et cetera. So that's where we're at. So, you know, it's 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 never permanent. We're trying to settle in uh, and see where we're at. Uh, next one was exponential, rapidly rising or falling markets usually go further than you think, right? So we went up way too high and now we're sliding down, but they, you know, but they do not correct by going sideways, Right. There'd be no correction. There'd be no correction. Exactly. (laughs) Makes sense. Right. So it's just like that cardiogram. Is it cardiogram? Yeah. Yeah. Heart machine. machine, Right. Beep, beep, beep. We don't want a flat line. Nope. Right. So, but you're going to see ups and downs and that, again, get the mean that we talked about the mean earlier. Um, The public buys the most at the top and the least at the bottom. Oh, without a doubt. This is, again, everyone's always heard the saying, buy low, sell high, but very few people are willing to do it. They always do the opposite. Exactly. (laughs) It's just human nature. You feel like you've got a winner. Uh, So last year, with the most retail investors ever, you're telling me there might be a correlation to that? I'm I'm just saying. I'm sorry, Craig. (laughs) No, you're good. These these are just... Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, I've got, you know, one of my neighbors right now, he's... 13 years old and he's trying to get into investing good for him and it's absolutely so it's trying to encourage him have him understand what the market risks are and for him to take a look at it now i mean he gets it he said to me hey i i could have bought one share of um amc theaters now i could buy five (laughs) shares and i'm like that's not the stock you want to pick but you're getting the the general idea here is stocks as warren buffett always says stocks are the only thing that people are afraid to buy when they're on sale and it's because people don't know when the bottom's going to fall out, and everyone's trying to get it timed perfectly to get it right at that last second and then enjoy the upswing. But then they fail to say, well, it's been doing so well. Why would I get out of it now? Yeah. And so they ride the wave too long. And and I was listening to uh, someone on CNBC this week. It was a really poignant thought saying how a lot of investors are, they don't want to invest today in stocks because they can buy it cheaper tomorrow. Yep deflationary cycle right right and that's the fear of deflation right why in the economy you don't want deflation you want inflation because if you have deflation that means no one wants to spend money Mm -hmm. but in the investing world 
it's a this is a deflationary uh, thought process going on right now that people don't want to buy now because they can get it cheaper tomorrow. Yeah, and I think that ties into the next point that they've got here where fear and greed are stronger than long-term resolve. Again, we're sitting here, we, we've been talking to everyone about the importance of staying diligent, of staying disciplined, of sticking to the long-term approach, but people try to get in, try to get a little extra when they can, and they try to get out to keep what they have, but more times than not, they're doing it at the wrong point, points in the cycle, and so they end up shooting themselves in the foot twice because they get in and then they get out. Yeah, contrary to Gordon Gecko, greed is not always good. I mean, we see it, we see it, and that's repeating itself here. And when you let those emotions of greed or fear take hold, you're going to make decisions that really aren't timed well, that aren't clear, that are purely based upon how you were feeling that morning or that evening. So be very careful. That's a, No, it's a really good point. And, and, you know, we use the word greed, but, you know, fear of missing out. Yeah. Right? The market's Another going way. up. I got to get in today. And market's going down. I don't want to go in today kind of mindset. So just, again, it, you got to be very disciplined with it. But we'll, when we come back from the break, we'll continue this conversation. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Today's show, we're talking about the turbulent markets that we're encountering today and how to navigate your ways through it. Uh, we referenced an article that which pinpointed a nice, uh, some nice talking points. Ten investing rules tailor-made for tough markets. Jonathan Burton did a good job putting it all together on MarketWatch.com. Uh, first, last couple segments, we went through some other points. Craig, what do we have next? Yeah, so one of the biggest ones here, too, is markets are strongest when they are broad and weakest when they are narrow to a handful of blue chip names. What so, does that mean? <laughs> probably the name of the game to investing. So outside of buy low and sell high, probably the next big thing that people think about is being diversified. So same thing here. You don't necessarily want to have all of the you know largest companies out there controlling the market, being able to have their, their way or their say with everything that's happening. You need good competition. You need new companies to be coming in or others to get in on this because without that level of competition, there's no attraction to move your money elsewhere. And then all of a sudden you're concentrated into one position where, hey, if all of a sudden we've got, again, just throwing a company out there, Target, that's the only company that I'm invested in right now. That's the only one I feel safe with. Well, you may have times where it's doing great, but then all of a sudden they could plummet. And if they plummet because they have bad sales, because of whatever may come up, now all of a sudden you're riding that wave down as well. So you have to be diversified and you can't just put everything into you know household names. Sometimes you do have to take a little bit extra risk. Well, I'm going to paint a picture for you real quick too. I mean, if you've ever been on one of those big fishing boats and one side has got all the fish and everybody just goes runs over, there, over the other runs side. over, yeah. stampedes, all of a sudden the boat starts listing a little bit. All of a sudden it keeps going a little bit further. That's part of what we see here in reality, too, of the markets. I mean, it's everybody going one side or another, and it's just gravity. I, mean, I don't know how better to say it. Yeah. You and, stay and on the no, other side, you right. might be very lucky. Well, and that's the other way I'll say it is the, the boring stocks, you need those boring stocks, too. Mm -hmm. Right? Those, those blue chips that are going to pay a small dividend, but they're stable. Right? And we had other shows, and I'm pulling it up here, about how the S&P 500, the top, 
bunch of the they got a little too fat with the, the big tech companies with Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and Facebook and Google. These Fang stocks became the primary point of the S and P 500, where we went back 10, 15 years ago. It was General Electric, AT and T, and those are sort sort of fall by falling away. Yeah. Right. So so again, you've got to look at those boring stocks too to build a true diverse portfolio. When the original author of these 10 rules too, Bob Farrell, he goes back to the early 60s at Merrill Lynch. I mean, this guy's had a heck of a career. And really part of it is he's seen a lot of different market cycles. And when you think about all the different things that have happened from the 60s till now, there have been a lot of different market cycles. And when you analyze them, like you say, no era is different. I mean, they're all the same in many ways, and that's okay. And the idea here, too, of take a step back, take a deep breath. Why are you investing? Well, if it's for the long term, you can deal with some of these short-term vibrations. Yeah. Yeah. Next point, bear markets have three stages. So bear market, right? Sharp downturn, reflexive rebound. Some people call that the dead cat bounce, I believe. <laughs> yep. And a drawn out fundamental downtrend. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, you've got to be careful and just if a market does all of a sudden show a little bit of hope and glimmer, don't get too overzealous and be like, Oh, time to just throw all the chips in and, and let's put it all double down here. So if you're right. not a fan of the dead cat bounce saying <laughs> maybe you'll like don't grab a falling knife. Yeah. You know, the yeah. idea of plot you might grab that handle perfect. It might be no big deal, aren't you fancy? But if you do one thing wrong and you grab that knife, you know what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about here too of, you know, have a plan. Average be in. deliberate. The same thing we were saying when things were going through that walls and haywire, you've got to apply the same thing here. Be balanced, take a deep breath. It's a very long term approach. That's yeah. why the best form of investing is your 401k or 403b something that's automated investing right it's blind you're just doing it on a uh, regular basis you have really little control because it's tied to your paycheck but that's why the 401ks 403bs whatever that's uh, deferral is tied to your paycheck it's probably it is the best form of investing because it's structured it's disciplined and there's no emotion tied to it. Right. I, I I think back, and again, I know I've I don't have as much of the gray hairs as other people. Are. Oh, you're getting them. Now. I'm getting I them. See a couple. They're coming in, I and they'll come couple, in in plenty all here fall soon. Out pretty soon. Right. Well, <laughs> hey, let's let's knock on wood. You know, as I like to say, I'd rather be gray than gone with the hair, but we'll see. Better gray than gone. I like Better it. gray I like than gone. Um, but I think back to again when I was first getting started. You know didn't necessarily have the most robust financial background, anything like that. But I sat there and I listened to John and I wanted to understand and I wanted to understand. And probably the best thing that I heard him say is investing is like taking medicine. A doctor is not going to give you a jar of meds and say, hey, take your 30 day prescription all in one day and you'll be fine. No, you take one pill a day on the regimen and that's what's going to get you healthy again. You may have days where you have a slight, you know, bounce back, unfortunately, where you still feel ill. But if you stick to the regimen, this is what should get you back to good health. Same thing with investing. You can't put all of your money in and be a successful investor just by trying to time the market or just shooting big shots one at a time at a time at a time. You've got to be more methodical. You've got to be more disciplined because like we've seen, if we had talked about this in January coming off of, you know, the highs of... November last year and everything else, people be saying, oh my gosh, this is terrible. What am I doing? February, same thing. Market's down further. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? But by buying more shares of these same great investments, when we do have this bounce back that happens, 
those shares that we bought today are going to be worth exponentially more than the shares that we bought a year ago. That's good advice. I mean, that's the whole thing. And the last rule here and the one that's very similar, bull markets are more fun than bear markets. <laughs> I mean, it seems obvious, right? But as you're going through it, you've got to remember that. It'll feel that emotion, that fear and greed again. But that emotion, especially if you've worked your whole career, you're a couple of years out from retirement, maybe you did not reevaluate your asset allocation. Maybe it did get a little out of balance there. Now you're seeing it come back to earth a little bit. I mean, that is certainly something that'll make you lose a little sleep sometimes. And that's part of what we do too, is plan that ahead and that asset allocation to try to avoid some of that in your life cycle. But if you're going through that, one of the best things to do is throw away the statement, stick to the plan, stick to what you've been doing. You can evaluate annually, semi-annually, make sure you're on the right track, but in the middle of a storm, don't change course. Yeah. And that's, again, like you said, maybe it's best not to open the statement or look at, open the, the account and not look at it. As long as you know you're allocated properly, you, you'll be okay. Uh, the, other, the other one is when all the experts and, uh, experts and forecasts agree, something else is going to happen. <laughs> you know, and that's, that could be right now with everyone yeah. in panic mode. Even, even if you see, that when you start to get the panic, uh, uh, oh my God, it's all, it's all ending, here it comes, or it's, it's going to go forever, sky's the limit. And I actually feel that way with the housing market. A lot of the housing, all the experts are saying, oh, it's still still a good market to be in the housing market, and, and there's still inventories low, and a lot of buyers are out there. That's concerning because it, I still think it comes down to liquidity, yep. right? So whatever the market is, uh, you got to be careful. But when everyone's on the same page and feeling good about something or bad about something, it's probably that is probably the, the peak or the valley. Go back to your zen. Go back to your center. Think about the bigger picture. There you go. So any other uh, final words for the invest investing experts? Well, I mean, I think the one that we can keep saying, and it's repetitive, is if you want control over things, plan ahead. Don't wait until things get a little hairy or you feel uncomfortable. Take advantage. Take the plan. Take the bull by the horns, really, and say, I'm going to be in charge of my financial plan. If you're the steward of your family's financial life, you've really got to look out there and make sure you're planning ahead. Right. And remember the bad times because it'll happen again. Mm -hmm. So will the good times and just stay the course, be disciplined, and everything will work out fine. And that's what managing to be wealthy is all about. Well, thank you to all listeners for tuning in. Tune in next week. You've been listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.